Hey, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. What's up, Sols? Single only listeners, see what I did there? I'm trying to see if this will pick up SOLs, Sols. You know, everyone has their fan base, their listeners. Ba- I-, I don't know, dude. I'm just coming up with shit here, dude. We're 300 some episodes in, and now I fucking have a name for listeners. Probably should have thought of that a while ago, but I'm not the brightest. This episode's fun. We have marriage expert and advocate Eric Wooten on this episode advocating for marriage and why he believes in it and all its glory. So we have a nice chat. Uh, If you are listening to this, you can watch it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. I've got shows coming up tonight. If you're listening to this on Sunday when it's released, uh, is the big show that I'm excited for at uh, Zany's. Uh, Parkinson's Foundation fundraiser that I started. I'm excited for it. Josh Sneed is headlining. I'll be there. Joe Antonacci, who also has Parkinson's, uh, a very important cause to me. Uh, please get your tickets if it's not sold out already. Uh, tell your friends. It'll be a great show. We've got some raffles to give away front row tickets to the Cubs games uh, in upcoming year. Uh, gift cards to Sugar Factory, uh, Pete's Dueling Pianos, and Zany's tickets as well. It's going to be a fun night. Please come out and tell your friends if you don't have your tickets already. Then I'll be on the road again. Um, I will be in um, Indianapolis next week, Sunday, December 18th at Helium, headlining that club. Excited for that. First time there. Please tell your friends if you know people in Indianapolis. And then I'll be um, in Skyline for New Year's with uh, Renan Hirschberg, hilarious comedian. You should follow him if you don't already. Next year I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wichita, Kansas, uh, Florida, as always, and uh, hopefully have some stuff in Chicago to announce, too, shortly. So keep checking out on paulfcomedy.com for updates on shows I have coming up. And subscribe to this podcast if you like it. Give us a review if you haven't in a while or have never reviewed. Just give us a five-star review. It helps tremendously to keep this free and also keep the algorithm going for me. Paul Farvar on Instagram. Follow me there. Check out my YouTube page, which I already mentioned, and check out our sponsors, please. Hey, gang, I want to tell you about a new product called Nirvana CBD, premium and good tasting CBD products. If you know me, you know I'm a big fan and advocate for CBD. I've used CBD for its healing benefits on my injuries, as well as vaping CBD for a time when it just helped me clear my mind. Not the kind with THC, but the kind that just cleared my mind and kind of helped me with memory. Nirvana CBD is broad-spectrum CBD. They're 100% hemp-derived and made in the USA with high-quality ingredients. They also contain zero THC. They offer a wide selection of CBD products, including gummies, soft gels, topicals, tinctures, and pet care. Check them out at nirvanacbd.com. You will not be disappointed. Tell them I sent you. If you aren't using CBD for anything now, get on the CBD train. Use Nirvana CBD. Okay, I know it's all fun and games. My Better Call Paul spiels on stage or my shirts that say Better Call Paul. Uh, donating a lot of the money for charity, by the way. Uh, PaulFcomedy.com, you can get your shirt as always. But here's the thing. If you actually need a lawyer, you have to get professional help. So if you're 
injured on the job, you don't know what kind of compensation you're entitled to, or you're injured in a car accident. Don't handle something on your own, and don't call some random person that you see in commercials on daytime TV. Call someone that really knows what they're doing, someone that's helped workers who were injured for over 20 years in Chicago and beyond. My good friend, attorney Scott Shapiro. He is your man. Give him a call. Here's the thing. He also handles entertainment law, whether you're a comedian, a musician, a podcaster, a wrestler, an actor, anything. He's handled all these things for 20 years here in Chicago. He is your guy. Give him a call, 312-627-1650, or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. All consultations initially free of charge. Your first consultation is free. You have nothing to lose. Don't take any chances. Call my friend Scott Shapiro, 312-627-1650, scott at scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you. You're welcome. Hey, all it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar. If you're listening to this episode on audio, you could actually watch this on my YouTube page, which is youtube.com backslash Paul F Comedy. So SOL Souls, if you want to listen to that, that's the new name I came up, Singles Only Listeners. After 350 episodes, that's what I come up with. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, this week we have a special, special guest. I know we shit on marriage on this podcast all the time. And so I decided to bring in a marriage expert who advocates for marriage and, and fixes marriages. Uh, he's got a, a company, Altered Marriage. I'll let him tell you more about it. Uh, please welcome our guest, Eric Wooten. Eric? Hey, Eric. Was, hey, what's going on? I was waiting for the applause to start, but yeah. it never happened. So I just came in. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll add that in post. So. Okay. So Eric, I found you, I saw that you've got, uh, you're an advocate. The site says you're an advocate for marriage. You, you push for marriage. Um, why? Tell us why. <laughs> why Why not? <laughs> I know. It's so, so on my side, I'm like, uh, when you reached out and I said singles only, uh, I, for, first I thought it was like a setup, you know, I'm like, cause usually sure. singles only is like a dating app, a sex hookup site. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I thought someone's trying to take down the marriage guy. Uh, but then when you said, Hey, I do a podcast and we just, you know, go after marriage. I'm like, let's do it. This sounds fun. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a, I'm a marriage guy, believe in marriage, been through the ups and downs of a 28 year marriage. We've been wow. through infidelity, infertility, mental health issues, adoption, difficult kid, you name it. Right. Uh, the stuff that can tear marriage apart, but but I just still believe in in the relationship. I think a lot of people believe in it, and most people that are against it, uh, it's usually out of place of either hopelessness or pain or frustration. And so, <laughs> but maybe you can correct me on that. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I just uh, I'm a marriage guy, licensed counselor. I got an organization called Alter Marriage, just try to help both dating and married and premarital couples, just try to help people do relationship in a better way. That's really it. Well, and and when you give advice on uh, for date people dating or anything like that, are you do you think that marriage is for everyone or is it something that like it should be like it shouldn't be? I feel like it's pushed on hard gotcha. in this society. It's a a puritan ethics. So like you, you, the goal in life is to get married, procreate, and so on. Do you sure. think that that that's 
healthy or do you think that maybe some people aren't made to get married? No, I think some, I, I think it's a choice, right? And I think, yeah, some, some people are, I think some people, if you're unwilling to do the things that are required to have a healthy marriage, I mean, it requires a high level of sacrifice and selflessness at times and compromise and different stuff. Some people are like, I'm unwilling to do that stuff. I'm unwilling right. to do the work it takes to have a healthy relationship. Then I'm all for those people. Don't get married. Like, right. don't, I mean don't. No, I, but I, I think you can have a healthy relationship, but I feel like marriage, sometimes the 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 cons outweigh the pros, right? Because you do, have, you, gotcha. you just said it, it's a lot of work. You have to compromise. And a lot of people don't have that selflessness or they don't, they're happy on their own. Like I, I like being by myself a lot. I, sure. I enjoy my freedom. I enjoy being by myself. And so I don't think marriage is for me, but I feel like for years, um marriage if you were single it was kind of frowned upon people were like "Ooh, what's wrong with paul or some of that yeah. now it's a little oh, man, more can't, can't get yourself somebody huh what's yeah, exactly. a hard time right. <laughs> like we talked but, about that so yeah so i guess my, my questions would be um so all the things that it almost sounds like you're saying there's this pool of stuff that i really like being single and to me, getting married means I've got to give up most or all of these things. And so I don't like that. But but what if what if you found somebody that was similar to you that also liked independence that, right. that also like, for instance, I know I know a couple that um, it's his second marriage, her first marriage, um, but they have homes in Texas and in California, and they generally spend a lot of time apart because they both work businesses. Um, and so like when the pandemic hit a couple of years ago, that was the first time they had been together 12 days in a row right. because so they travel a lot and it works for them because I think they both value some level of independence. The problem is if you value independence and you get in a relationship with somebody that, that needs closeness and intimacy and reassurance and all that kind of stuff, you know, that that's when you're like, dude, you're clingy, you're too much. This is exhausting. The expectations are overwhelming. But if you find somebody that wants the similar things you do, you may find, Hey man, this, this works for us. And we don't have to be together all the time and we don't have to be best friends and do everything together and never be apart. And some of the stories you hear. So some of it may be finding a relationship that works for you. Right. But that, but why does that relationship have to end in marriage? Why can't it just be a relationship? That's like a, you know, why does something always have to go somewhere? Why can't it just like kind of right? Why why do we have to finalize it? And, Correct. You know, yeah, I think for for a lot of people, it's because people in a relationship like that, where they're committing and giving up time, resources, that kind of stuff, want that level of commitment. I mean, you know, statistics show that couples that cohabitate are less likely to get married and more likely to divorce if they cohabitate. And so there's just cohabitation is a sort of commitment. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of here, but we've got enough stuff independent that if I ever don't like you or this doesn't work out or you piss me off enough, then then I'm gone. Whereas marriage feels a little bit more solid, like, hey, we've made a commitment. We're going to try to work through things. So I think people, a lot of people want marriage because it, 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 there's a stability to it that does not exist in non-marriage, cohabitation, dating, whatever you want to call it. Well, you said that like if if uh, there's the fear and when you're when you're cohabitating that they could just walk away. What's bad about that? If someone has that free will, I feel like with marriage, the reason why a lot of people end up staying together if they are unhappy or things are not working out is because of societal norms that put down divorce, right? 
uh, the cost of divorce. And, sure. and so you're in a situation where it's like, you want to leave. If someone wants to leave, doesn't that affect the marriage too? Like, it's just, you're staying together for the kids or whatever reason. Like, I feel like that's yeah. not healthy either. Eh, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. When you hear people say, well, we're just together for the kids. Like it's this big negative thing. It, it may be negative for your, your present happiness. Right. But when we say staying together for the kids, there's there's a whole bunch of value, you know, statistically of kids who grow up in two parent married homes. Right. Sure. And so so I would almost say, hey, you act like, oh, we're just staying together for the kids. That's a, that's a good reason to stay together. Now, I'm not saying stay together for the kids and be miserable and treat each other like crap <laughs> and have a terrible relationship. Well, you know, I mean, do some things to invest in the relationship and make it enjoyable. Um, but I think there are some inherent benefits uh, to it. But yeah, if someone don't want to be married, obviously they can go get a divorce. That's why, right. you know, the irreconcilable differences of, of 1969 or whenever Reagan signed that in uh, allow people to roll out for any, any and every reason. So yeah, they can leave. Right, right. You, you mentioned COVID and uh, how you're, you're, you dealt with a, a couple that was together for 12 days for the first time uh, consistently. Yeah, yeah. There was a high spike in separations and divorces during COVID. Uh, my explanation was the same thing you just basically touched on is like you were together with people and you realize that you don't like to be with that person as much. Right. What, what, what do you think? Well, first of all, do you agree that there was a spike in divorces? And secondly, what do you think? What do you think about the, the uh, spike and what are your thoughts and, yeah, and, and, I think and experience? Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I didn't research this heavily. So this is not a scientifically. Of course, we're not going to call you out on it, but where, tell us where I'm, ass, I'm assuming yours is research backed, but uh, nah, yeah, I, <laughs> no. I, I'm just talking to four of my friends who got divorced. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think there, there was some of both is what happened. I, I think when, I think what COVID did was COVID exasperated or uh, maybe sped up whatever was there. So you had a lot of the couples who were busy right. enough with work and avoiding each other and didn't have to be around each other and were miserable, but were busy enough and separate enough. It didn't matter. And then when you're stuck in the house staring at each other every day, you're like, the hell if I'm doing this ever again. But I, I think there was a number of other couples who had good relationships and that time together strengthened the bond because it's like, oh man, this is great. We, you know, there's some stuff that we had been missing because we hadn't been with each other. And so I saw just working with couples, I saw some of of both level. I think anytime you get in a anytime there's pressure at that level, all it's gonna do is, you know, expose whatever might have been there, good or bad. And I think, you know, COVID did that. Well, yeah, I think it, 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 it you've hit it on the mark. I think if you survived COVID. Like a two-year, if you were in COVID where the states were locked down, I know you're in Texas where you guys didn't have, you're like, what's a quarantine? Yeah, we don't even know what masks are and we ride around <laughs> horses with guns. and but, yeah. but I mean, like for people that had two years, I felt like that's like 10 years. If you survived COVID, you, you were going to survive for a while. Like I feel like sure. it did It did show, it bolstered any relationship that was, was weak. It, it exposed weaknesses, but it also, if you survived, it's like, shit, you're going you're gonna to make it. Yeah, if you if you got through that, because because my wife even said to me at one point uh, during the last couple of years, uh, the word she used was suffocating. <laughs> I was I was <laughs> I was suffocating because I had been mostly out of the house, and then with what I'm doing now, most of it's online, uh, whether it's counseling or classes or you know 
stuff like this. And uh, so then I was home all the time. And she's one, like when you said, I value my independence, like she values her alone time. And she yeah. doesn't she doesn't need as as much or desire as much connection as I do. I'm, I I love people being around people. She's more introverted. So yeah, she was like, this is, you're suffocating. Can you like, can you go do something? <laughs> so we had to figure out a new rhythm where I try to get out of the house and go to coffee shops and work there instead of being at home. And uh, right. so yeah, that COVID, COVID will do some stuff to you for sure. Now, let me ask you this. How did you get into this, uh, advocacy for marriage like what's your how did you get into it what's your yeah background? I think it's one of those things that when you look back you're like it always kind of been there and and so over the years I feel like we've just had groups like even going back to dating in college when my wife and I were dating we used to have groups of couples friends over and back then it was this is really going to date me right we, we'd have like watch 90210 on tv together sure. with <laughs> and so so I just felt like I've always been about gathering couples together and believe that that community with other couples is is healthy and good and then over the years just had like I was reflected with somebody the other day uh uh, I remember one time my wife called me and was like, hey, I got a friend and her husband's been talking to the secretary and they're struggling and you need to call them. And I'm like, what am I? I'm like, I'm like mid 20s. I'm like, what am I going to offer this guy? He's like 42. And I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I'll call him. And I made every excuse like, hey, man, my, my wife told me your wife called. And if there's anything I can, I don't know what I'm going to do. Is there anything I can do? You know, I'd be happy to, but don't feel any up. You know, I was already giving him all the outs. Don't feel any up. He's like, yeah, how about breakfast tomorrow? And I was like, oh, crap. You know, <laughs> um, so I think there's looking back, there's always been moments like that where I think I was just kind of willing to show up and say, hey, if I can help. I want to help and help you guys. And so that that was the start of the journey. Then over the years, I uh, became a licensed counselor. And and it's just kind of, I guess I've, I've kind of I've re reluctantly slid into that space and, sure. and, you know, and then believe in it. I've seen, you know, I guess for me, the biggest, you know, there's some couples that are just, they're not willing to do what it takes, right? It just is, sure. you can't force people to do it. But I think there's a big group of couples who with, with a few resources and some right people around them in a difficult season uh, can sustain and build something better than what they got. And so for me, I think it's fighting for all of those, just because I know the impact on kids and the environment. And, you know, I believe systemically in marriage and the stability it provides and, and some of that kind of stuff. And we don't need to bore listeners with research on that, but but there's there's positive benefits to it. Well, and what I believe about in that. What was your, why, what, did you come from a family that was uh, in a successful marriage looking back on it? Or do you think that because you saw, you know, the cracks in a marriage, that's what kind of made you become an advocate? Uh, my, my parents, yeah, my parents are great. My dad was in the army for 26 years, but he's a counselor too, which is, oh, wow. I, was like, okay. I was like, you know what I'm never going to do? Get in the military or be a counselor. So I stayed out of the military, but, uh, but yeah, I ended up uh, getting a counseling degree. Um, so no, I saw, I saw a good, healthy communication modeled and a good relationship and don't, you know, my, my passion is not born out of, you know, the burden of my childhood, um, but more just uh, a belief in this relationship. And then, like I said, we've been, been through difficulties in our, our relationship. And there's been many times over 28 years when you felt like throwing in the towel and going, this sucks, uh, but also re realizing those are seasons and uh, and I'm glad we're still in it fighting. So 
Are you ever in a situation when you're counseling couples and you just look at them and you're like, yeah, you guys shouldn't be together. Like, do you just say, <laughs> fuck it. Like, it's just not worth it. Like, do you, uh, do, you do that? It, in in my head. Um, yeah. In, in my head, but I try not to do it outwardly. Be like, you know what? This, you guys just suck. Just stop. Um, I, I will. I, I'm pretty direct. So I will say, you know, stuff like at some point you got to make a choice, like what right. you're doing now is not going to work. And if you're not willing to do what it takes, like quit fooling each other. Um, right. But I won't say like, hey, just quit. Because I also know <laughs> if you're willing to make some adjustments that that you can make a relationship with, and you can get back what the feelings that are lost and all that stuff, you know, if you're willing to do the right things, you know, consistently in time. So no, I think I think ethically as a counselor, <laughs> I, I've got some obligation to to give hope and not be like, oh, yeah, I've never seen one like this. You guys are probably need to quit. You know? <laughs> Well, hopefully one day I get to hear about that one from you. Well, yeah. Uh, now, in 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 recent times, there has been more accepted uh, versions of marriage, open sure. marriages, polyamory, um, and I and my position is: look, we've updated so many things in society. Uh, we've we've progressed or regressed. Some people will say um, we have different. Um, we have gay marriage now. We have different genders. We have all this thing. And yet marriage has not been updated while in the meantime, you know, the life expectancy has grown significantly when, when marriage was created, death do us part was like five years, you know? <laughs> so feel, feels a little more daunting now. <laughs> now it's like 70 years, you know, people are living past 80, you know, my parents are in their eighties. So yeah. what, um, what, what, what do you say about polyamory? What, what do you think that that's, does that something that you advocate for or you think is something that can help a marriage or or different uh I, I i think that that if if i think part of our problem in life is an unwillingness to be uh logically and statistically honest with ourselves right there, there's there's polyamory doesn't work Okay. Now there's people that will tell you, oh no, I know, you know, my third cousin, they the three of them live together and they're way they're way more happy. And I know three heterosexual divorce couples. But it but if you if you look at the stability of those things, they just don't prove themselves out. Similar to gay marriage. Do I think that, that gay people can have the same feelings and love each other the same and treat each other? Absolutely. That you can't you, you can't quantify that. Right. But places like Sweden where gay marriage and civil unions and different stuff has been available over the years, they don't have the same success rate as, yeah. as men, women. If you look statistically, again, I'm, I'm not talking morality. Sure. I'm not talking emotionality. Okay. I'm just saying statistically, like civil unions, they, they're easier to get into and out of. They're less stable than, than people who get into marriage. So what I would say about polyamory, since you asked that question, is no, it, you know, I mean, we've all watched Sister Wives and these other shows. And and if if we're statistically honest and people will be honest, giving personal feedback on them, those relationships rarely, uh, if ever, work because of the relational dynamics. Like it's impossible not to have jealousy. It's in, impossible not to at times right. because because sex is relational. Now we we've made sex not relational and it's hookups and it's but sex has a relational component. That's why our emotions get tied in. It's just part of nature. We got chemicals running in the brain Absolutely. when we have orgasms. And so so I think it's impossible to not 
complicate the relationship with outside relationships. So what I would say is, can people do whatever they want? Absolutely. But if we're honest with what what seems to have the greatest success rate and stability, uh, it seems to be kind of the traditional marriage that's been around forever. Now but, we've complicated it, but well, you say you say that, but isn't the success rate fifty percent? Like, isn't people 50%? have thrown that out? Research that I've really dug into uh, that you know, low forties is is been been kind of, but sure. but yeah, yeah. People say so. so how even, successful is that? I mean, there's yeah, gotta be no. If, it's fifty percent. It's a coin flip. But what I'm saying is, if if you want to compare that to say polyamorous relationships, sure. they're going to have a much higher failure rate, so to speak. Right. Well, what about what about the fact that why can't we improve? If, if we look at the statistics, right, if we look at the marriages that don't work, what, why can't, and I, and I know why the, to my, my answer to this is why we don't have a, a contract relationship where it's like a seven year or a 10 year relationship, renewable a renewal or something. Yeah. yeah. Like the reason why we don't have it is because the divorce lawyers and the, the lobby would, they'd go nuts, but like that you have a traditional marriage, you are commitment. To, you're committed to someone, but you evolve as society. You evolve as a human every five, seven years, ten years. Sure. You change. Why would you? Why can't we do something like that? Why? Why does that something that's so unethical or not accepted? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Are people saying it's unethical or unacceptable? I don't know. I'm sure people could probably <laughs> would that sign be up something, for those if they wanted. Is that something you would 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 think is a possible approach to updating uh, marriage? Do you think that? I, I, I think again, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of of till death do us part level of commitment. Obviously, there's all kinds of mess in there, right? Who who I was at 25 and who I am at 48 are different people. So so there's consistent adjustments over the life of the thing. You know, if if I started over now and married now, you'd probably be looking for, you know, you wouldn't be looking for someone who's a good mother because you, you're done with those years. And, right. You know what I'm saying? So, so there, there would be, there would be, but again, I think anything that's contractual, that, that it adds a, a level of performance to a relationship. Right. Um, and when thing. there's performance, now we are keeping score uh, we're keeping track. It's this whole idea of, I, I'd have a YouTube video that said, you know, why fairness doesn't work in relationships, right? Which is I'll do for you if you do for me. And if you don't do for me, I'm not going to do back for you. And when, when you start getting in that, that contractual performance relationship, um, you, other things become priority other than the commitment of the relationship, which is I, now I'm keeping track of what you, and, and nobody, nobody, does that honestly I, I overweight my contributions and probably underestimate you know my spouse's right, contribution sure. and, but, and but, so it yeah go ahead but but then but then there's an element of free will that like some people have seven year like if you want it to work you know that's where you can negotiate kind of like the nfl be like okay we're in a we're in a contract year uh if you if you want to stay together i need you to you know help with the dishes more these are the things that I need from you. And then, and then the other side will go, okay, that's cool. But you know, on Fridays, I want to have my friends over and I need you to get out of the house or go to go get, go to a coffee shop. Like those are the kind of things that I think would improve a marriage. I think if you sure. want it to work, I obviously counseling is a, a great response. You know, this is sure. stuff that can be resolved through counseling, but a lot of people might just be like, 
shit, if it's written down, then we, you know, a lot of people will do it. I don't know. I think it's, I think it can only improve. I'd, I'd get married if it was a seven year contract. It's less daunting. Yeah. Find somebody who wants to do that and you'll be, you'll be perfect. Cause, cause I think, I think you could, uh, can people do that? Yes, absolutely. They could, they could go do that. Um, I think you could also do that in a marriage where you're saying we're, we're committing for life, but but we should be reviewing regularly in different seasons. What do you need from me in this season? Yeah. What are you passionate about? How do we, cause, cause I think, you know, part, part of my goal is, well, I think primarily my goal should be, you know, that, that my wife becomes the best her, she can be. What, right. what are you passionate about? What do you want to do in this season? How can I support you in this season? How can I help you become all you want to be? And you're going to, you're going to, you do have to renegotiate that. I mean, there's, there's seasons when we have three girls when they were, little and and my wife needed my help you know at bath time and bedtime there was other seasons where my help was best in the morning getting them off to school there's a you know and so you all you always are renegotiating in relationship hey here's where i'm at uh this is what i'm not enjoying this is what i am enjoying this is what i want more of and less of um so for for me my my philosophy of marriage is is a lifelong process of doing that anyway, like a garden of, of feeding and weeding. What are the things that cause our relationship to grow and us to thrive? And let's make sure we're intentional with that. What are the things that are causing disconnection and frustration and hurt and pain? Let's weed those. And it's just this never ending weeding and feeding, right? So we yeah. can, so I think you're kind of, I would say you're almost doing what you described anyway, but not from a standpoint of like, hey man, you, you know, do these three things or I'm out. Uh, because then if, if there's, there's something, there's safety and security in the mentality of I'm here and I got you. Right. That takes away the fear and insecurity of, did I perform enough? Did I do everything right? If I don't do everything right, then they're going to leave me or they're going to cheat on me or the, that, that kind of mentality, I believe creates a unstable relationship because I never know if I've done enough. And right. I never know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow and the person's going to decide that what we agreed upon or, or what we value, they no longer value and, and they're out. Um, and so for me, I think it's a less stable relationship, but there might be some people that's like, no, we love it because this is what we both need to stay engaged. Otherwise we get lazy and we stop working at it and we just like, I got you. I don't have to do anything more. So there right. may be some people it works for. Maybe that's the, that's like the, you know, positive or negative reinforcement people need like an ultimatum to make something sure. work. And and that's what's one way we can improve marriage and keep it, you know, traditional in, in the sense, you know, maybe that's one. Yeah, so maybe it's a seven year mm-hmm. contract. So yeah. they need it because the seven year itch, right. Is when right. most people bow out. So maybe you need like the six year contract before oh, we start getting the itch. We can right. reevaluate. See, that's a good, I'm going to start saying six year to because to, the contract year would be the seven year itch so can, or maybe like like sports they seem to nfl seems to be the four to five year contract so right. maybe that's, uh, and then your contract year man you like cooking dinner mowing the lawn you're like killing yeah. it so you can re-up right yeah. right right uh well y- you mentioned uh you know infidelity and and you said something about statistically and and, and logistically honest um if we're being statistically and logistically honest, uh, and we and we believe in the science, you know, humans and mammals are not monogamous people. For years, there's a book called Sex at Dawn where they ex- describe um, where they say essentially 
they were like, oh, well, penguins are monogamous. So they were trying to find an example of where this, where a mammal was monogamous and it, it doesn't exist. So what you're doing in a marriage is you're creating uh, something that's not natural for good or bad. I'm not, I'm not uh, putting a stamp on that, but what do you say about that in terms of if we are being honest with ourselves? And I, and I feel like whether someone doesn't act on infidelity in a marriage because of their marriage, the fact that some people would argue that you're still kind of cheating because you're thinking about it or you have a work wife or something that you really talk to, but you don't tell your wife about. What do you, what do you think about all that stuff and how that complicates? Um, it it kind of just kind of like creates this facade of a healthy relationship. But in reality, it's probably not a good marriage. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, the whole, it's not natural. Is it, I mean, one, I, I it's funny to me that, that, people love to go to the animal kingdom when we start talking about sex, like, you know, right. hey, these, these animals are homosexual or, or these nobody's monogamous. And like, like, do you want to compare, you know, I, I don't eat my own crap and, you know, I don't lick my <laughs> sure. balls and, you know, stuff that, so I'm like, you know, I, I'm not really sure that. But you that, would, if you could, you would, if you could. <laughs> that, that you never know. Yeah. That, that human beings, I, I'm not sure I want to compare myself to the Understood. animal kingdom. So let me say there. So, so I would say that, is is it natural or is it not natural? Um, I I could make a case for it. if if you look at so many positives out of marriage, right? Where you know people live longer, men make more married men make more money than single men. Like there's so many health, wealth, right. stabilizing aspects to to the marriage between man and woman. Is it would be hard for me to say, be be honest and say. Hey man, I don't think it's natural. I think we, you know, we've idolized sex in this culture. Obviously, we 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 give freedom in the sexual arena and treat it differently than any other aspect of life. Right. Right. Um, well, especially and, now, you know, you're you and I are a generation where porn was difficult to find, whereas these oh, yeah. people under 25, porn was readily available to everyone. And as a result, oh, yeah. sex has been you know, it's just a different world out there. Yeah, you and you and I had to risk like like our best friend's dad seeing us at Seven right. Eleven asking for the hustler behind the thing, be like, right. oh, nobody walks in. <laughs> right, right. It was a yeah. lot. It was a lot more difficult. And now sex is more open. People are more, for better or for worse, they're open to the idea of just uh, animal instincts of sex without sure, without sure. And and you know all the the gender conversations and gender fluidity and transgender and, right. and all that's why I say we we apply a different set of rules to sexuality than we do everywhere else in life, right? You can't identify as a different age or different race or anything else, um, you know, mental health wise. If if you know we don't tell anorexics or schizophrenics to listen to the voices and yeah, you're but right. but when it's in the area of gender it is all about feeling and how we feel. Um, but no, I mean, I, again, I'm going to come back to the idea that, that it, we all have a foundation and a, a worldview. And, and so I guess I wouldn't subscribe to the worldview that that we're animalistic and we were not supposed to be monogamous and, and that's false and, and marriage somehow puts us in. I think we've so idolized sex that, that it's become such an animal that I'm not sure we even know what healthy sexuality is anymore. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, right. If, if less left to ourselves, will we come up with so many of the nuances and perversions that have, you know, 
happened in the world around sex trafficking and all this stuff. So I, right. yeah, I guess but what I'm saying is I'm not sure we'll ever settle the debate of whether we were supposed to be monogamous or it's unnatural. But yeah, if you want to have sex with a bunch of people, marriage is not conducive to that. <laughs> well, what, what about the fact that, you know, even if you don't act on it, like there's still those thoughts, right? You know, you, you, as sure. a man, you see, you know, back in our day, it was Baywatch. You watch that show, you have lust in your heart or whatever. Sure. Like, yeah. and, and, and we're, and in marriage, you are to suppress that. And, and that's the right thing to do. But where is the line? Obviously, if you act on it, that's infidelity. But is it infidelity if you have someone at work that you have an emotional connection, right? You, you, you tell them all your feelings. You don't tell your your husband about it. Isn't that this? Isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah, isn't I mean, that- I would I would call that an emotional affair. You know, I, I think when right. you think about infidelity, infidelity in general would be a betrayal of the commitment that you've made to each other. So yeah, I think if you're I, I call it outsourcing, right? If you're, I think there's some things in marriage you you can outsource, right? Like I think some couples are best friends and that's fantastic. And I think there's other couples where they don't have enough like interest to be a best friend. They may outsource some of, you have some people that, that like, I love people and interacting with people more than my wife. So uh, am I going to require her to come out with me every time I go out and do all the stuff I want to do? No, that's draining to her. So I think I can outsource some of those needs in a healthy way. I got friendships, I got but I can do it in an unhealthy way, right? Where what you said, I'm having, I'm having the emotional connection level conversations that my marriage needs for us to be connected, but I'm giving those to somebody else. And it's going to be easier to do that because let's be honest, the people outside your marriage are going to affirm everything you say and never give you pushback. And right. If I go to my wife and say, Hey, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. I'm starting a new service. I want to, I want to groom three-legged dogs. I feel like it's a big need out there, you know, She's going to be like, the hell you are? Well, who's right. paying the mortgage? If I if I tell Susie at work, she's going to be like, oh, you have such a good heart. You love dogs. You're such a, you know. So, right. you know, that that's why many times we, I think comparison is, is killing a lot of marriages because we're comparing the false reality of, of an outside relationship and affair. Even the, listen, even the greatest marriage can't compare to an affair. All you're doing is taking out the best parts of a, of a right. relationship and going, that's all we do. We don't have to argue about bills or kids or anything. Um, and so I think, you know, that that comparison, it, you know, often kills us because it's like, uh, that's not that's not reality. man. <laughs> those, those people affirm everything. Well, I didn't get you to budge on this show. And, uh, and <laughs> maybe the next that, one, that you'll, right. you'll finally bring me next show. I'll be like, Hey dude, I've been listening to your podcast. I left my wife. I'm, <laughs> I love singleness. <laughs> That'll be awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Eric, I, I really, I think you brought a lot of stuff to our attention. I, I'm sure I'm going to have some more questions from listeners. So we're going to probably have to bring you back and yeah. have you answer to all those and grill you a little more. Uh, in the meantime, we're out of time. Eric, where can where can people find out more about you, your services, and uh, and and more about? Yeah, stuff? just I think my website's the easiest place, alteredmarriage.com. It's spelled A-L-T-A-R-E-D, marriage.com. And if you do backslash gift, I've got a free guide. It's called the, the Daters Manifesto for those daters. And then I got a relationship rhythm guide for anybody in a relationship just to help you get a good rhythm going in your relationship. So I've got some free resources on there, but they can check out you know all the things I do on that website excellent excellent well thank you so much eric uh i really appreciate what you you brought to the table you didn't change my mind but we had a healthy conversation (laughs) uh 
and thank you all for listening to another edition of Singles Only Podcast. But I'm still staying.